Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Hanging out with you guys right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Ranch Nation Car Talk. Man, we're taking you on a journey every week. We dive into all kinds of topics. Highlighting the good works of the automotive industry and uh, East Valley Institute of Technology, man. You're talking about some great programs. Automotive, welding, cosmetology, people, criminal justice, culinary arts. The list goes on and on. And I can tell you, uh, I've heard from you, a lot of my parents out there, I'm a parent. Kid may not be college bound and that's okay. Maybe he's hanging out in a, you know, at a community college and doesn't feel like he's making a connection. It's your job to get them impulsed. It's your job to massage their passion. And a lot of these uh, career programs, both at the high school level and community college level, Promote what they are looking at as a passion. Do you remember when you were 20? Do you remember when you were 19, 18, 17, 14? That's kind of a confusing time. And we have these ideas for our kids that, well, you know, this is what they should do. Meanwhile, right underneath the surface of who they are, they're having a difficult time shining. Help them shine. Career technical educational programs exist where they can get their passion on. And I don't want to hear it from you. You guys talk about this all the time. Well, you know, these, what are they going to do then? They graduated and they can't make a living. Well, I beg to differ. Come to my garage, Desert Car Care off of Chandler. I invite you to tour my garage for these automotive future technicians. And I'll introduce you to the master technicians, the certified technicians who do just fine, taking a lot of pride in what they do, and they can seek out a very comfortable living. Welcome to the show, Wrench Nation family. I'm going to get into the show topic. I am going to talk about uh, this whole Trump State of the Union. I am not getting political, but there was something mentioned about career technical education programs. So we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that, uh, but I do want to have you guys stick around. Our show topic Many of you are out there driving right now with a direct injection motor. All right, some of you, you just, I just lost you. You're like, okay, who cares? It's, I put gas in it, it goes. Well, most of your newer vehicles uh, have a, you know, sort of this stepped up game, if you will, of injection. And that's direct injection. Volkswagen, Honda, you name it, a lot of you. Ford, EcoBoost, over 5 million. You drive a Lincoln, F-150. Honda Accord, you name it, direct injection. That's fashion for today for fuel system platforms. And I want you to stick around because we're going to dive into sort of the pros and cons. What we're seeing in the garage that's costing you unnecessarily. Hello, that's why you listen to the show. Well, Frank is going to mention how we don't spend unnecessarily. And so we are fortunate, privileged, honored. Mr. Scott Brown, he's been on the show before, owner of Connie and Dick's Automotive Service out of Claremont. He's a champion for the industry as a master technician, also an ambassador, founder of Diagnostic Network, a professional forum where technicians who are fixing your car, that's a resource for them. So he is the man, and he is also seeing uh, things come through by way of this direct injection, throw on that little turbocharger, Yes, you got a lot of good power, but man, what are we seeing in the service base as pattern failures that maybe you're not doing well? 
Can we preach to you? Yes, I think so. Sometimes it's a little painful, but man, we want to save you some money. So Scott Brown, Modern Day Engines, direct injection and turbocharged engines. You guys are driving them, so we're going to talk about that. Big shout out to my uh, partner in car talk crime, Susie Sockets. You know how it is. Sometimes she's on the, we had to, the train had to, it didn't leave the shop because we're busy. And uh, Susie does an amazing job running the garage. And again, Desert Car here at Chandler. I invite you guys to come by for big, big old hugs and a cup of coffee or tour. And we'll give you a, a cup of coffee or tea, I should say. And we'll give you a tour of the garage. So big shout out to my family down at uh, Desert Car here at Chandler. Uh, Susie will be on next week. Uh, so let's get to this right now. A lot of you, uh, you're all frazzled. Well, I don't, and I'm not talking party lines. I'm not getting into party lines. I don't believe in that. I believe you take care of your neighbor and fix your car and take care of your car. That's what this show's about. But last night, it was the second time. Of course, the first State of the Union uh, that uh, Mr. Trump had, he talked about many things. He also talked about these vocational educational programs. Well, he mentioned it again last night. And I'm sorry, I'm sitting there with my family, my dogs, eight, eight, 8.5 dogs that I have. And I stood up and clapped and I said, yes, bring these programs back to high schools. I'll give you an example. Los Angeles. Right now, they're down to like two high schools that offer an automotive program. That's ridiculous. Two schools going down to one. Now, I get it. Some of you are saying, Frank, all right, listen, you are just so passionate about this automotive thing. Well, I'm talking about vocational education as a broad scope. Now, some of you even take it further and say, well, Frank, vocational education. Why do I need that? Well, argue me this. Isn't this part of a well-rounded education? Don't we want our kids to be well-rounded? We're not saying every kid coming out of these programs is going to be a professional behemoth as an automotive technician. But just like music and the arts, this is a well-rounded education. My parents, you're listening. Call your congresspeople. You're asking, okay, Frank, great. You're going on the bandwagon here with these educational programs uh, that need to be brought back into school, these uh, career technical educational programs, CTE. What, do you, what can I do about it? Well, call your congressman. Are you too busy? Call your local, local state legislator and say, listen, I'm an advocate. I represent this association. Hey, I don't represent any association. I represent my children. These programs are important. We need to bring them back. I want your comments. You can get on to wrenchnation.tv or do yourself a favor. Get on to Wrench Nation Facebook or Instagram, wherever you play, and give us an idea of your thoughts. Is Frank out to lunch here? Am I just... You're too tainted. I've been doing this for 30 years. Elevate the career. Trade it up, people. Get into a program. That's what it's about. So there is a bit of uh, the fresh, current, topical news. Again, I'm not getting political. Now, one thing that we have seen is we've seen an increase. Yeah, I'm nervous. I had a bad cold. I had pneumonia last uh, uh, before the holidays. Some of you have gotten sick like you've never been sick before, and you got better, and you're better now, but here's this coronavirus. So make sure you take care of yourself. They say, wash your hands. They always say, wash your hands. I'm washing my hands. I'm drying them out. All ashy-looking hands. <laughs> so I got cream on the side somewhere. But could this affect the automotive industry? 
Could folks be sicker in masses, in droves? Well, right now in China, they're, they're having a tough time spreading to Europe. We have a few cases here. Could this affect the production of vehicles? All right, there's several thousand people on a production line, what have you, in a factory. Well, Volkswagen Group is the automaker right now. The big uh, financial bean counters, Standard & Poor's, you know, we're beyond us here. But they're predicting, they have to, they have to kind of weigh out what they're going to be investing in. And these folks have said that Volkswagen could be affected. Volkswagen Group produces and sells almost 40% of its cars in China. Now, while most of their plants are outside of that epicenter of where it's happening, you do have, let me get down to this last point here and make sure I've got this exactly right. I'm scrolling through this. I think it's important. Uh, Wuhan, of course, where the epicenter evolves. Um, Wuhan has several sites which employ, well, just under a few thousand people. Now, what's that mean to you? Well, maybe Frank is getting a little too nervous. Maybe it's not a thing. Is it impossible? Could the price of your vehicle increase, you know? Could parts increase? You go down to your garage and all of a sudden parts prices increases. I don't know. But just be aware of it. But more importantly, take care of yourselves because uh, that coronavirus, we just don't know. I think, I, I don't know. I, I thought when I got sick, I, I've never had pneumonia. I did a little traveling. How many of you traveled? Seven trips in a month, what have you. Deep traveling. A lot of you sales folks. Did you guys get sick last fall? More so than ever? I did, but I don't do a whole lot of traveling. So I just coughed it up as I caught something on the plane or whatnot. So as every show, we like to jump into uh, some repair bulletins. These are these are bulletins that uh, you can look out for. In fact, I'm going to hold off on that because uh, Scott Brown's going to join us in a little bit, and we're going to dive into some more bulletins. But I do want to give you a friendly little reminder. Um, Channel 3 was out at the garage this morning, AZ Family. They do an amazing job. I've done a lot of work with them and, of course, our friends at ABC 15. Let's do a little story on cold weather. And I know people in Canada laugh at us, cold weather. Well, it's cold for us, man. It's like 38 degrees, 35. Well, I have a funny story to to tell you. And, of course, you can get on azfamily.com. I believe that segment, uh, which was a live segment this morning, should be played up on there. They'll rotate that uh, for 24 hours or so. So here's the news crew. They're coming out. We're setting up, getting ready. Everything is, you know, cold weather tips for your car. Frank's ready to go. Well, wouldn't you believe it? Here comes the shiny three TV satellite truck. They couldn't get the rear hatch open to the tailgate. It worked fine just like before they got there. Why do you think? Well, you know what I was thinking? That could be cold weather related. There's little actuators. They're, electro, electro, they're electrical mechanical devices. Gets voltage. Boom, boom, boom. Sends a mechanical. Open me up. That's all you got to know. I'm not getting technical. Voltage, open me up. (laughs) They couldn't get the camera out. So what do we do? We kick into what I call NASCAR pit mode. I had three mechanics. We opened the glass. The glass would open up. And three of us, half of us hanging inside this thing. We got seven minutes. We're going live on air. (laughs) And big shout out to... uh, uh, Mrs. Cruz from 3TV. She was uh, she was very grateful. Anyway, we ended up doing the story, 
And um, with that, I will tell you three things before we cut to break and bring Scott Brown on. Three things, man, really, really critical. And normally for us, we would be in our climate. I know a lot of you in North Dakota, you're like, all right, Frank, we heard this before. But some of us don't know. What do you should what should you worry about in the cold weather with your ride? Well, coolant, antifreeze, that's got to be right or you'll have the slush effect. So some of you have a coolant leak right now. Not a big deal. I'm topping it off, but you're topping it off with water. Well, you get freezing to water. What happens? It expands. So be careful. If you have a leak, well, first off, take care of the leak. Uh, but if you're prone to uh, hold off onto that so you can save your pennies to pay for the damn repair, then make sure antifreeze goes into it. Number two, that battery. A lot of you say, well, Frank, my battery, my stereo works and my headlights work. How come my car won't start? My battery is good. Well, don't forget, cold cranking amperage. That's the power that pushes and turns over the motor. That's that's the muscle of that battery. So typically two to three years. Check it every oil service. So there are your tidbits about a little cold weather uh, temperature stuff. Uh, I'm excited to bring on Scott Brown. He is an amazing individual as well as an authority, uh, all things technician, automotive technician. He is a master technician. Scott Brown's going to join us. We're diving into direct injection. It's a different type of injection system. What are you doing wrong by this vehicle? We'll let you know. What are you doing right? We'll let you know that too. Stay tuned. Branch Nation next. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation, hanging out with you guys. I remind you to get on to wrenchnation.tv or your favorite podcast player. And of course, a big shout out to our radio replay listeners, uh, 887, 90.7 and KFNX. Now listen, there's millions of these uh, sort of direct injection motors quietly. Maybe you don't even know you got one. Maybe we're going to explain that to you uh, to help us navigate uh, dedicated, dedicated to serving the automotive service industry through education and standards and professionalism. Scott Brown is an ASE master certified technician, owner of Connie and Dick's service center and industry ambassador of diagnostic network. Scott Brown joins us. Scott, what are you doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, just in, in the shop today, uh, fixing all kinds of good, cool stuff. Yeah, so most people don't realize we're not we're not home writing books, sipping Mai Tais. We're actually fixing cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's establish some basics for folks that are just sort of, well, what what are they talking about? Scott, let's let's talk about this direct injection. Uh, what What is a direct injected motor engine? Yeah, so... You know, the advent of fuel injection was uh, to, to more precisely control the amount of fuel entering the cylinder. And uh, 
as emission standards uh, continue to get tighter and tighter, they want tighter controls or they want to get more efficiency or more more accuracy on the fuel um, being added to the engine. So precisely measuring the amount of fuel it needs and delivering exactly that amount of fuel it needs and actually burning it all and converting that into energy, that's the ultimate goal. Um, you know, in the old days, we had what was called port fuel injection, which is where the injector is actually delivering the fuel inside of the intake manifold, uh, usually above the valve, intake valve, and it's usually under a lower pressure, right, more of a vacuum. And um, that that worked fine, but they, you know, the manufacturers had, came up with some new ideas. And, and as we all know, new ideas aren't always the best ideas, which is what has happened. Uh, but they moved that injector inside of the engine, similar to what you would see like on a diesel. And um, in order to do that, of course, we have different pressures in the cylinder. So now we have to have these uh, increased fuel pressure ranges that these injectors operate at so that they can get that fuel in there and um, under those uh, other extreme conditions. So um, that in a nutshell is, is basically what we're looking at today. And now we're evolving. We're, now we're seeing both systems coming back. That's we're going to talk about that sort of a combination. Yeah. And, and part of that point, if, if you're just catching us, we've got Scott Brown, Master Tech, talking direct injection. I want to kind of summarize a little bit for Scott and, and just get you guys to understand that with fuel injection, one of the benefits, other than, yes, it's, uh, you know, atomizing fuel, you know, carburetors, we're more dripping fuel, we've come a long way. But, you know, as that, that sort of multi-port or tune port, when that intake valve opens up, right, it needs to breathe in that air, and typically it got its shot of fuel, and then that intake valve took that fuel down into combustion chamber, and that's where your explosion and power happened. What Scott is saying is that injector was moved away from intake valve and said, hey, you know what? Get me right to the source, which is directly in the combustion chamber. Now, some of you are saying, well, okay, big deal. My car runs great. Well, what we're losing, and we're going to talk about this, is part of that fuel is it cleans. Scott, it does clean out. Traditionally, that fuel would clean out the intake valve, all that carbon. Am I right? Yes. Yes, for sure. And uh, the, the number one source of that carbon um, is still there. Uh, the, the number one source is typically coming from the PCB system. Yes. A lot of oils uh, that, that are oil mist that's uh, in, the, in that uh, charge. And um, in, in the old days, like you said, we had that injector or that injector above that valve that helped to keep that valve clean or that intake track clean. And now we don't have that. Right. You're not... You know, that PCV, positive crankcase ventilation, just recirculates. You know, if you guys ever, if you ever shut your engine down and you went to go check the oil, let's say, and you pulled the oil cap off and you saw a little vapor coming out and you're like, oh, God, what's that? Well, that's part of your crankcase vapors, your crankcase ventilation. And in order to keep that sort of working fine and filtered and it reintroduces it back into the engine and so where we're having this problem now with direct injection, well, we've just gave it another knockout punch by sending those crankcase vapors back over on, well, what would be the, the intake side. Um, we're not going to get into the oil catch cans and things like that. I know Volkswagen has had some issues with uh, 
with excessive carbon buildup. But let me ask you, Scott, and, and for those that are listening, they, they probably the big question is, well, why change what was working? What was it truly a EPA MPG thing for the most part? Yeah, that, that's what whenever, whenever you see a manufacturer start to move, that's usually because of some sort of mandate or target uh, established by uh, EPA or CARB, California Air Resources Board, um, who are the, the drivers, right? And, and they're basically trying to get more and more out of a, out of a uh, small internal combustion engine. And uh, direct injection was something that was studied for many, many years, and then we started to see them introduced uh, probably more, more widely in the late, or about 2005 to 2008 or so, that we started to see more and more of that. Um, but yeah, primarily the drivers there are um, efficiency, which is uh, runs right in line with uh, emissions and fuel economy. Yeah. So I mean, um, we're talking millions of these uh, designed motors with direct injection, of course, mating up a small uh, turbocharger, and I mean small. I mean the, these little turbocharger wheels are pretty small, but they are somewhat efficient until we get into some of the flaws that are somewhat promoted with the lack of maintenance. We're going to get to that. Um, now we have a power plant. Like I drive the, the Ford Explorer. It has the EcoBoost motor. Boy, oh boy, when it's running like it should, it, it gets up and goes. It's, I, I feel like I got a, is this a little baby V12 in this thing? <laughs> and, and, and I think most folks um, can realize the power difference from such a small engine power plant you hearing that from a lot of consumers that you talk with regarding direct injection do they feel like they seeing a difference in power uh you know i, I don't think most uh, consumers are like us frank uh, they don't think the way we think they, they just get in their car <laughs> turn the key on and, and drive right so i don't think they have the sense they don't have the butt dyno that we have right yeah i hear you but they they're getting the mpg which is important i want miles per gallon i want my power so even if they didn't know it, it just quietly evolved. So which means we're sensitive to that. I like, we're, like you said, the butt dinos. <laughs> we're really a butt dino. So you don't know. Our in-studio uh, board op is saying, what's a butt dino? Well, a dino is a measuring, you know, you put, you put your car on a dino, you can measure horsepower and things like that. Well, you put a seasoned mechanic in a car and he sits, his butt can feel everything, right? I guess that would be the, the briefing. So there's your butt dino explanation for you guys. Um, talk to us about what you're seeing. Let's get right into it with this uh, combustion process that's taking place. What is, in sort of consumer terms, one of the issues that can arise from direct injection? The key issue. Yeah, one of the key one of the key issues that uh, that we've seen, of course, is uh, carbon buildup on that intake valve. Uh, let's explain now, carbon. I don't mean to interrupt, but let's explain sure. carbon, that black broccoli. What is carbon? And because a lot of folks have heard it, they probably went into a garage. Well, we need to clean the carbon. Let's establish what is carbon. Yeah, I can't give you the scientific term, but uh, think of carbon like a, a, a brownie mix that uh, starts to attach to the intake valve 
and that continues to build up and it gets very, very crusty. And then, you know, imagine your brownie uh, tray that you maybe overcooked in the oven and it got really, really hard and it was really difficult to clean. Well, that's what binds to that, uh, that intake valve, intake track area. And, um, you know, as the air is going through there, well, now we're reducing that, that, that area for the, for the air to come through and we don't have any fuel to wash that off. And so, uh, we've had cases here where, uh, you know, car comes in and it's running terrible and we start checking it out and we get a boroscope, which is a, a device that puts a, a camera on the end of the scope that allows us to look inside the engine and we can see that it's just full of uh, carbon. And unfortunately, you can't use cleaners to clean that. You actually have to take them, take the, the engine partially apart, uh, intake manifold, and you get in there and you start scraping, and then you start using uh, media uh, to blast and, and clean that up uh, there. And uh, what really ha- and what's really cool, the consumer though, you know, they it's a gradual change, so they don't really see or sense that uh, that change taking place. But boy, once we get that car fixed and put it back on the road, we've had numerous customers say, holy crap, cow, I, my car, I never realized it ran so bad, uh, ran bad in the back. Yeah, it's past. almost like putting new struts or shocks, you know, you're restoring the ride and feel, it's the same principle. Um, we are going to dive in a little bit more to two things that you said that's cleaning, because I, I want folks to kind of understand what that cleaning is all about. And absolutely talk about what they can avoid, how they can avoid this sort of major cleaning, which is this sort of media blast, traditionally that walnut media blast. So, uh, Scott, I want to go right to break, and then I'm going to bring you back in. If you're just joining us, we got Scott Brown, Master Technician uh, out of Connie and Dick's Automotive Service, of course, uh, one of the founders and champion of uh, Diagnostic Network. You can find Diagnostic Network all over the Internet. For all my technicians that are listening, it is a great resource. If you're driving, we're not trying to teach you how to be a technician here, but if you're driving, we're just going to open this up a little more because I want you to know, you heard cleaning because you've heard that. People have said, hey, you need a cleaning and it costs X amount of dollars. We're going to dive into that deeper and talk about how maybe you can avoid too many cleanings. Do you need those cleanings? Stay tuned. Ranch Nation next. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. You know, when we're talking about a relationship in a business, we're talking about not only relationship with your clients, but also relationship with those folks that are working hard to help promote your business. TheMailShark.com. Many of you have marketing plans in place now that are kind of shaky. You're not getting the return that you want. TheMailShark.com. Print and direct mail made easier. They will get the job done for you. You want to talk about increasing your car count. Whether you're a general repair shop or specialty shop, they have a solution for you. TheMailShark.com. There's never any money up front. They 
give you the ability to mail and pay weekly. Talk about helping a small business cash flow with over 16 direct mail products with both paper and plastic options. They will keep your marketing fresh. And one of the things I enjoy working with MailShark is they have absolute world-class customer service. Print and direct mail made easy. Give my friends at MailShark a call today. TheMailShark.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on to WrenchNation.tv and, of course, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, any questions about your car, we'll do our best there for you. Uh, we're talking about this direct injection motor, this engine, I should say. A lot of you say, Frank, it's not a motor, it's an engine. Motors are electric, I get it. It's, Scott, do you ever get in trouble for that? You call a motor a motor when it's really an engine and not an electric motor? <laughs> Occasionally, but... Uh, I do all the time. <laughs> just tell people to get over it, right? Yeah, right. So we were talking, I want to kind of regroup and kind of bring it way down. You know, we're talking about like, I don't know if you guys remember uh, a lot of my parents that are listening, you know, you clean out the oven, you clean out the microwave, you clean out all of that gunk and debris that just builds up over time. Or better yet, you've never cleaned an oven, but you know that your sinuses are clogged. And you, you kind of de-sinus yourself. You allow yourself to breathe better. Well, in the, in the relationship with this direct injection, it requires a little bit more to get it breathing properly. And what happens is you get this black broccoli. Think about black broccoli. That starts building up in areas where prior fuel injection systems didn't have as much of that type of problem because that fuel would actually help wash away that carbon with that direct injector sitting right on top of that piston in that combustion chamber, we don't have an opportunity to clean like we have before. And Scott Brown, uh, Connie and Dick's uh, Auto Service Center out in uh, Claremont, master technician, mentioned the cleaning. And then he went into the media blast. <laughs> that sounds scary. What is a media blast? Let's talk about that. What is a media blast? Well, the media blast is uh, sort of like uh, people have probably heard of sandblasting, right? Where you take little pieces of uh, sand or silicon uh, and, you, and you attach air to it and you blow it hard against something and it cleans it. Well, you don't want to use sand in an engine. So we use media, and typically that media is made from crushed walnut shells. So it's a, it's a real hard uh, substance, but, uh, and it does a really good job of cleaning. But, uh, boy, is it messy. It is, um, yeah, yeah. You you do a, those often? We're well, not often. I'd say, would you do one a month out there in California at your uh, garage? We probably, probably, I would say we probably do one every couple months. Oh, um, okay. I, I'll tell you what, what we've really tried to push here is getting our customers to be more proactive. Uh, because if we if we clean it ahead of time, if we, we start to get the vehicle into a maintenance mode, uh, then you won't have that big drag. So like a teeth cleaning, right? We don't want cavities. And so big question folks are asking right now. Let's get right to it. Some may have to dip in, out, in and out of the show. How often should I get a basic cleaning so I don't have to go through this media blast, which requires quite a bit of teardown of the engine to get, those, get to those valves? How often should I do a cleaning on direct injection? Uh, what we recommend here is about 15,000 miles yeah. to do a upper intake uh, cleaning system that helps to uh, keep uh, keep that upper intake track cleaned out. Uh, we check also that PCV system to make sure it's functioning and not uh, not pulling any oil through, and uh, and that usually does a really good job of uh, keeping keeping those cars uh, humming. Keeping along. them going, yeah, yeah. So now more than ever, um, some folks may think, well. 
what is this cleaning? Like my uncle told me just to put stuff in the gas tank and by no means are we knocking that, but will just a additive alone in the gas tank do the job of this cleaning, this preventative maintenance you're talking about? Um, no, especially on a, on a direct injection. No, because that fuel is still bypassing the intake manifold. It's only going into the, uh, into the combustion chamber. So, you know, what we need to do is wash out, uh, not only the upper intake, but also the throttle body area. Uh, that is a service item and, uh, that needs uh, proper maintenance so that, uh, the vehicle will operate properly. Right, right. So it's a, it's a really a teeth cleaning. And a lot of you guys are saying, well, you know, my mechanic told me I need to do this cleaning. You Most good good garages, in fact, for the dealership, you can ask for a video. You can ask for a walk around with your car. Um, and I always promote that. Like, if, if you're just kind of in a relationship and everyone, you know, look, Scott, you got to face it. Everyone thinks, all oh, those mechanics are trying to sell me stuff. <laughs> While we are really, those that are good... We don't need to sell anything. We got enough business. What we're trying to do is keep you from coming back with a mortgage payment, <laughs> you know, for major work. And so that cleaning, I go back to that because this is a big topic in the garage. And many, many of you have been told that, you know, this little in-tank cleaner will work. Now, that may help on a multi-port or tune port because, again, as Scott said, the way those injection systems are designed, they're kind of going and they're helping clean the valve and some of that intake. But with a direct injection, it's really key. Let's get into what I see a lot of is uh, the mating up of the turbo, these little turbos. I have one on the EcoBoost. I think it's wonderful. Are you seeing problems that drivers could avoid with these turbo direct injection engines? Uh, yes. Um, you know, the, the reason, first, the reason they're adding these turbos, uh, to these little tiny engines is because they can, they can move more air into that cylinder more than it can theoretically pump. And so it's basically taking that, say, a two liter engine and, and giving it the power of, say, a three liter engine or, or greater. But, uh, that comes at a price. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of heat and everything else being generated. And the biggest thing that we find, uh, and it even holds true for just a, a standard naturally aspirated direct injection, is proper maintenance. So changing the oil and, and with good quality oil um, at the right intervals. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the manufacturers have these extended rain, oil change intervals that are really way beyond what uh, I do for my own vehicles. And, and what we recommend here in the shop is, is uh, is what we do to our cars. You know, we try to go 5,000 miles max. Uh, in most cases, we try to run good quality oil, uh, synthetic oils, good quality filters, and also checking the oil in between services. All engines use some oil, and um, if they if they don't get checked, but every 5,000 miles, well, when it comes in for a service, it's probably low. Yeah, and that low oil is essential. I mean, that, the oil is essential to keep everything properly lubricated and cooled off and what have you. But one of the biggest things that I think uh, people don't quite understand on a turbo is that uh, that turbocharger turns at a very high rate, creates a ton of heat. And if you uh, found yourself, you know, driving that car pretty hard and using the turbo a lot, and you've been driving it for a while, before you shut that car off, you should probably let it idle 
um, for just a little bit so that the oil can start to cool down the turbo area. Uh, because if you just shut it down, think of that oil that's sitting in that area that's no longer moving. And think about that, uh, that tray of, uh, uh, brownies we talked about earlier, how that, how that carbon starts to build up and that, that can end up causing more havoc, uh, with the system and increase, uh, or accelerate wear. Yeah. I just had a text from Lisa. She says she drives about 13,000 miles a year. Is, is that once a year for her? I mean, how, again, going back to the cleanings, is it once a year or once every oil service? I want you to repeat that because there there is some concern coming in on the text. Yeah, so uh, I think what she's asking about is the, the uh, intake cleaning. Um, I would do it if she's driving thirteen thousand miles a year. I would do it once a year. Yeah. Um, you know, she may be driving short trips. That's another thing that can have a. Well, I a think we should touch upon that because there's a lot of controversy about. Well, Frank, I thought all these oils are supposed to get me longer life. Look, this is the key. I want you guys to understand something. In an ideal situation, which none of you are driving in, I'm sorry, you either don't drive enough or you're, you're just not. None of us are. I haven't met a single person that drives in a normal duty cycle. It is severe duty, whether it's your temperature, whether it's those stop and goes, whether it's, you know, Anything that you really put your view, I don't even know why they have normal duty. It's confusing to consumers because most of us are severe duty. So because of that, if you're going past, it's the five to 7,000 max mileage on full synthetic. And I welcome the arguments on that. Okay. I welcome that. But think of it this way. If we've got these newer design direct injection motors, and I get it, you don't want to see your mechanic often. But wouldn't you want to pit stop a little bit more, even if I don't think I need my oil changed, to just get a flashlight check? I mean, that's really what an oil service is about. It's not just a dump and pump and off you go. So I want you guys to consider that because we can all tell you we've got case examples. You guys will come into the garage. Sure, you're overdue on oil service. But you just are overdue on maintenance in general. And then we've got to give you, I got tissues in my lounge for that reason. I give you the tissue and then I have to give you the bad news. You start crying, I get anxiety, and here's the price to fix it. We could have avoided that. And I think, let's end the controversy. Let, forget it. Forget it. It's five to 7,000, period, people, based upon these newer design engines. And you want at least that time frame of a pit stop. If I can afford you with some savings, because you're pit stopping on a regular basis, wouldn't you agree that's the way to go so I'm not paying more later? So I want you guys to think about that. Scott, you're mentioning that, and I know that California has a lot of strict laws about how automotive uh, shops have to do business, and it's, it's respected, and it's fine. But even in California, you're, you're, you're stating that this is the interval, and this is best by the consumer so that they're not, in this case, direct injection, overkilling with the carbon. Right. It's it's an education, right? So we are regulated here in California. Um, we are not supposed to be recommending anything and exceeding, you know, uh, exceeding what the manufacturer recommends. So, you know, we, we present it, we tell them the facts, we lay down the facts. And I'll tell you, Frank, you know, we've been here for a long, long time and I've got uh, my wife and I have a, a 2009 uh, Chevrolet 
Traverse that has that 3.6 liter engine, dual overhead cam, direct injection. One, we have never done any uh, intake. Uh, we, we've never had to do the media blasting because we've done service. The car now has 235,000 miles on it, and it has never had any problems with the timing chains. And these have been big engine uh, timing chain problems. Change the oil every 5,000 miles, full synthetic, and bam, there you go. So that is the proof that proper maintenance can make make that vehicle last a lot longer. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of people don't understand that that rate of return after, say, that car is 5, 8, 10, 12 years old, that cost per mile continues to drop further and further. And if that car can keep keep you uh, rolling down the road, you're you're way ahead of the game. Yeah, and I don't know some of you guys think we're prescient, but honestly, we're not, man. We want to save you money in uh, preventative maintenance, especially on these engines. I want you guys to, uh, to stay tuned because we did cover a little bit of this oil sludging. If it's a lack of oil services, what can happen with all this carbon? But I also want to talk about uh, with Scott Brown, uh, what can happen to the top end of that motor if that oil is sludging pretty good uh, by way of timing, by way of the very thing that Scott mentioned, these sort of timing chains and how well they operate. So I want you to stay tuned. Wrench Nation next. The new gasoline direct injection engines, also known as GDI, are the hottest new improvement to horsepower and fuel efficiency in this century. Service professionals agree that GDI's unique power requires unique GDI maintenance. BG Products has the most current and effective GDI maintenance available in over 20,000 shops, and they back it up with a lifetime BG protection plan. Go to bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. If you have a GDI engine and you want it to last, remember two more letters. Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Always appreciate you guys hanging out with us, uh, especially our Saturday listeners. You guys rock podcast. Thank you so much. Give us a comment, review. Also, your show topic ideas. I do want to uh, let you know about Diagnostic Network. Uh, many of my technicians that listen, I know we just kind of cover the basics. We want to help as many people as you like, or as we like, for you, you like, you can fix cars properly. Um, Diag.net, you know, that's a diagnostic network, is a modern network uh, for technicians and professionals. Uh, it is a true blue resource, and it isn't, uh, there isn't any funny business in there. Um, I know that there are great forums out there, but this is truly a place for professionals. And so if you're interested in diving in, there are case examples, pictures, videos of the very topic we're talking about, which is uh, direct injection. And the more that you're armed up as a technician, the more you can sort of arm up the consumer. And ultimately, man, we're here to save folks money and also keep their cars running reliable and uh, maintained well so they enjoy it. So with that said, Scott Brown, Master Technician out of California, Connie and Dick Service uh, Center. Uh, welcome back, partner. Thank you. We appreciate you hanging with us. Of course, the show just moves too fast. We did before the break talk about well, this oil sludging that, you know, direct injection can kind of wreak, have really big problems with. But in, in general, all engines with oil sludging um, from the lack of regular oil services. Um, I want folks to understand that oil sludging, think about your blood moving in your arteries primarily. And, you know, maybe some of you, unfortunately, have, you know, known somebody that had a stroke or, you know, where we didn't have that proper flow. There were some issues with blood. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. None of that. But I'm hoping that you guys get flow. Think of blood and arteries. Scott, talk about the flow of oil and what happens to oil as it degrades and ultimately becomes this nasty sludging, which causes big money repairs. 
Yeah, so you know the oil is a is a vital fluid. I mean, it uh, it is uh, the bloodline of your uh, of your engine, and uh, you know keeping the oil level full and keeping that oil clean, um, it, it's huge. Uh, we've seen uh, issues with filters, so people need to think about the filter that they're using on their vehicle. Make sure that that filter is a good, high quality part. Uh, we've had filters that we've taken off and they've basically broken inside. And uh, so what that means is that they're just allowing dirt to, to circulate through the engine. But um, what what can happen or why, why we have such uh, critical tolerances now on oil is because we use oil pressure to move things in the engine. And one of the, one of the big uh, operational things that we started seeing coming in in the uh, early 2000s or mid-2000s was variable valve timing. So they're manipulating the camshafts through uh, what are called phasers, and they're using oil pressure to move those to precisely change the volumetrics of the engine, similar to what we do with a turbo, right? We're helping to fill that engine uh, with more air. But with those valves, they're also moving some things around to create other things like residual gases for EGR. We won't get into that, but... Think of that that oil. If it starts to sludge up, those fine tuned, uh, you know, val- uh, actuators. Are, yeah, the actuators. They'll end up hanging up or sticking, and then you've got major repairs uh, to correct those things. So again, ch- changing the oil, keeping the oil full, uh, keeping it clean. Uh, it's just going to continue to pay dividends. Well, let's talk about symptoms. A lot of folks have, are listening. They're, 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 they're keeping up with us. You know, we're not getting too technical, but from some folks, again, they just want to fill up. They want to maintain their MPG. They love their power. They love their car. They take care of it. What are the symptoms that one could have by way of first, let's, let's talk about this carbon buildup. Will they necessarily get a check engine light on or... Will they have other symptoms or a combination of both? Uh, It's all over the board. Uh, We could have a combination of things happening. Um, We could have uh, your your idle. You might notice that the engine now is idling a little uh, less smooth or a little rough. Uh, You might notice a little bit of a tip-in hesitation, you know, so when you go to leave a stop, you you roll into the throttle and it doesn't quite do what you think it was supposed to do. And then it kind of takes off and and moves. So a little tip-in hesitation, some stumbling. Yeah. That's what folks would, you're, you're talking primarily that. Is that a sign that folks should get it in? I mean, or is it, because some folks think like, oh, that'll straighten out. It's just a little, it's just burping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean I'm serious. I've had that, people say that. <laughs> yeah. If it's doing that, if it's doing something abnormal, I, I would recommend that you take that car in. But uh, again, you know, like we talked at the beginning, you know, when a car comes in for service, uh, most good shops are doing uh, more of a health check inspection of that vehicle. They're doing a top to bottom uh, to make sure there are no codes or pending codes or what have you. Uh, so some of the symptoms, you know, it can turn on a check engine light if it gets so so severe. Um, if we maybe have some cylinder variants where some some valves are are, are uh, pl- plugged up more than others. Uh, so it's it's all over the board. So I wouldn't wait for symptoms. I would make sure that you're maintaining that vehicle and, and uh, you know changing oil on a regular basis, and uh, you probably won't experience any of those symptoms. Yeah, I mean now now more so than ever. I mean even even if you've got an older vehicle, it's not direct injection. Um, it's critical. I mean 
I think a lot of you would rather spend your money on vacation. <laughs> You'd rather spend your money with other things in life. And so you do have to get into that mode of preventative maintenance. Just got a text from Travis asking about cost. What what would somebody expect to pay for sort of this teeth cleaning, you know, this true blue teeth cleaning and not an intake additive? What is the range? And of course, we're not holding anybody to price, but he wants to get an idea what, what this would uh, cost. Yeah. So if we're doing like a treatment where we're cleaning the throttle body and then we're running, uh, we're running cleaner through the, uh, through the intake manifold and, and spraying that down. Uh, we usually, uh, that price can range. It could range from, uh, you know, 180 bucks to maybe $300, depending on the vehicle. Uh, there are some treatments where we're actually running a, uh, a cleaner through the injectors as well. Um, to help uh, to help clean that that uh, pathway as well, so uh, just depends on what uh, what the vehicle the level of is yeah. But essentially, two to three hundred dollars is probably fair. And, and yeah, so you guys understand that um, when a technician actually has to hook up to fuel rails and things like that, that that's an added charge, right? Every everything is about labor labor and and the time that it takes to do these things. Uh, technicians and shop owners are going to make sure you get a fair. Uh, price regardless. They want to earn your business long-term. But with that said, what is a walnut blasting thingamajingy? Is that, I imagine, is a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a lot more. Because what you have to do is take the intake manifold off of the cylinder head, which uh, usually is a pretty big task on uh, most vehicles. So that's and surgery. Got- We're going to surgery on that one. <laughs> oh, my you're, gosh. You're pretty much going to surgery. So you know, and the and and the opposite or the the alternative is to basically take the cylinder head off the car and, and clean it, right? Um, which is uh, extreme labor. So, um, yeah, so it's it's really dependent on that uh, on the powertrain uh, configuration. But uh, we've had them, we've had them off on all sorts of uh, vehicles here, and some of them are pretty straightforward. Some of them are just a a nightmare to to get in there because then you've got to have a special attachments to get in there with a special. So you need all the room, uh, the radiator yeah. may have to be pulled, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you need to yeah. hook up to that stuff. Um, here's a silly question, but it is a question. And, and I got to tell you, maybe Scott, you've heard this from uh, some of our old timers back in the day. What about using water? Cause you know, folks used to run water through their engine, got it all to decarbonate. Have you heard some of the old timers say, hey, just run water through that sucker and cleaned it out? Or has it been oh, a while? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've had somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's something we don't practice. Yeah, we don't either. I, but just so you know, water's not going to work. <laughs> right. Well, so the other thing you need to really think about is that a liquid is not compressible. And if you pour too much liquid in, you're going to end up, uh, you know, it can't displace that. You can end up bending rods. And we've yeah. seen this happen. Uh, an engine can hydro lock, right? And that's, that, that's fluid in the cylinder and it can actually bend these rods. Um, and that is a bad situation. It is. In fact, um, what I would add to the service, just be aware. I'm not suggesting that. I mean, you could ask your local technician or mechanic that, Hey, how do you do this while he's doing it? I mean, no big deal. But the fact is everything is regulated. It's monitored. You know, it's not just sitting there, um, you know, on its own. It has to be regulated. And so just know that it's a process. And I want you guys to get out of this habit of just, I'm not knocking the intake additives. There's a lot of good intake additives, but that is not a cure. 
to remedy. In fact, I had somebody recently, of course, they called us back months later, said, I'm not going with your advisement. My uncle said, just put in-tank additive. Well, he came back two months later and it was still a problem. And I, I, you know, we already sent pictures and everything through our digital texting, but I actually brought him out to the shop and showed him and okay, here we go. We're doing, we're doing this sort of air induction, this deep cleaning of air induction. So I want you guys to be aware of it. And let me say, uh, Scott, you mentioned it. One thing that's really cool, when you guys go in and get service and notice a difference, man, that's a win for everybody. Now, there's a lot of services that we do that, okay, it was healthy for my engine, but I didn't notice a thing different, right? But when you, like struts and shocks and this this sort of uh, emulsification of this carbon, this this air induction service, Boy, you guys are gonna you're gonna see a difference. You're gonna have restored power. You and you're you know you're gonna feel happy. We're all happy, and we can hug. And Scott, you like hugging your customers. I know you do. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we want our customers to love us because we want them to come back. That is yes. There you go. So uh, I want you guys to visit Scott Brown, Connie, and Dix out of Claremont. You're off of what freeway? Is it the 15 out there? We're uh, between the 10 and the 210. Just. East of the uh, 57 freeway. And how long have you been in business? So this year, this company was founded in 1960. So we'll, we'll be 60 years old. Well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Visit uh, Connie and Dix out in uh, Claremont there. And uh, you can catch uh, Scott Brown, uh, diag.net. All my technicians, check that out. It's a great resource um, just full of great library and information on all things uh, vehicle. Scott, I appreciate you spending time, but more importantly, boy, if, if, if you guys listening right now knew, Scott, boy, he's a champion for the industry, and I thank you. We've learned a lot from what you're putting forward, and I know that you're in the market of uh, testing all the new technology and with all that Tesla has going on, and maybe we'll, we'll get you back on to talk about some of your discovery um, your safe discovery. You're not the guy falling asleep behind the wheel. <laughs> no, I'm happy to happy to be part of this, uh, Frank. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support. Thank you. Uh, so there you have it, uh, Scott Brown. And uh, there's some good information about indirect injection. If you have more questions about that, uh, get on to wrenchnation.tv. We'd love to uh, chat with you there or uh, Wrench Nation Facebook. And boy, this show moves and grooves. Uh, visit the wrenchnation.tv if you guys... Uh, sort of dip in and out. We've had a ton of great interviews. Uh, I want to remind you, uh, all my Arizona family, uh, we're going to be out at the Concourse in the Hills, out in Fountain Hills. It is their seventh annual. Uh, over 900 cars. They've got $200,000 already raised for Phoenix Children's Hospital. Uh, you're going to have a ton of folks out there. Derek Daly, Ari Lundy, Didier Thays, Lynn St. James, Paul Tracy. It's been announced that he'll be out there. So, it's a hobnob with some great drivers, uh, Formula One, as well as a bunch of great cars, muscle cars, eclectic cars. So join us. I'll be out there. Visit us, uh, Ranch Nation. Mobile Studios will be out there. As I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.